In the aftermath of Hammerskull's assassination, JFK goes and speaks to the UN, and he says, uh, he, he calls out him the greatest statesman of, of our century. He calls Hammerskull the greatest statesman of our century. And he says also, we know what colonialism means, the exploitation and subjugation of the weak by the powerful, of the many by the few, of the governed who have been given no consent to be governed, whatever their continent, their class, or their color. So he was honoring Hammerskold and speaking out against colonialism, speaking out against imperialism. Um, Harry Truman uh, was also aware of some of these intrigues going on, and he's Truman's an odd guy. Uh, he calls, he says of Dag Hammerskold, he told some reporters, Dag Hammerskold was on the verge of getting something done when they killed him. Notice that I said when they killed him. So this is another of those weird cases with Truman where like also after the assassination of JFK, he puts a similar memo into uh, or a, an op-ed into the Washington Post. So Truman, as weird as as odd as he was and as much as he was a tool of, of all of these forces, he actually had a little bit of that sort of New Deal uh, sense of fair play uh, in him. And so he spoke about this. That brings us to Operation Celeste uh, and, and this connects to Alan Dulles's operations throughout uh, the continent of Africa and his uh, involvement in the assassination of Congo Prime Minister uh, Patrice Lumumba. Uh, in 1960, Alan Dulles sent a telegram to Leopoldville uh, saying, we wish to give every possible support in eliminating Lumumba from any possibility of resuming governmental position. And Eisenhower had also uh, authorized the assassination of, of Lumumba. This came out uh, during the church committee hearings, and it was pretty much suppressed, the details of it, until the JFK Records Act, but we now know that, authorize, that, that Eisenhower authorized this. Um, and you have the September 17th, 1971 assassination of Hammerskold, uh, and this is a, a picture of his body uh, at, at the crash site. Uh, notice his collar, we'll come back to that. Um, but in uh, and th this was a mystery. A lot of people suspected that these forces, like Alan Dulles and CIA, and were involved in this because there were so many people that were involved in really uh, the struggle over the Congo and who was going to have access to all those resources. Is it going to be neo-colonialism or is it going to be Congolese sovereignty? So in and it kind of remained a cold case, you could say, as, as some people famously have, uh, until in, in 1998. At the end of the apartheid regime, you have the South African Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission. And during the process of going through all of these historical archives to try to uh, come up with a coherent way of dealing with all the crimes that were committed under the apartheid regime, uh, there surfaces a folder from the National Intelligence Agency that was requested related to a totally different 1993 assassination but within this folder, there were eight documents, and they spoke about Operation Celeste. Um, and among them is a document that says, uh, you know, which is United Nations organization, is becoming troublesome, and it is felt that Hammerskold should be removed. Alan Dulles agrees and has promised full cooperation from his people. I want his removal to be handled more efficiently than was Patrice. <laughs> Okay, so this is, and I believe that the official U.S. position was, uh, that must be a Soviet forgery. So, you know, of course, they'll never, this is where it's like, even when things are in writing or something seems like a smoking gun, they can always be like, Meh, somebody put it there. So there's no, there's, you're not likely to get real definitive justice in this case, but it's pretty clear who, who wanted him dead. 
uh, and it implicated other other forces were involved in this. There's actually a um, interesting film on this uh, called Cold Case Hammer Scold. And uh, one of the they put out some publicity materials, including this slide here, uh, the death card. So when Hammer Scold was found, uh, his body was discovered. There was an ace of spades in his shirt collar. And uh, as they say here, many believe that the ace of spades was a calling card for the CIA. Well, whether or not it was who was it was a calling card for somebody. I mean, you just don't end up dead with motorhead. A, <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't end up with a car like a card like that in your in your collar unless somebody put it there. Um, and they, they, one of the main suspects is this shady outfit in South America or sorry, South Africa <clears throat> called Samir South African Institute for Maritime Research, uh, allegedly financed by MI6 and CIA. And the, you know, South Africa was like one of those right wing neo-colonial regimes during the cold war that was reliable for, you know, doing what the, they needed to do if the, if the neo, if the agenda of the U.S. is neo-colonialism, then what better than like the actual colonial project of vicious racists in South Africa to be your your hatchet men sometimes when you need it? Um, so this is there's more on this in the film Cold Case Hammerskold, which I do recommend people check out. Uh, the Guardian even reported on some of this these newer developments uh, in the case that surfaced, you know, in the last ten years. Uh, there was a, a book written by Susan Williams called Who Killed Hammerskold the UN, the Cold War, and white supremacy in Africa. And this that material is incorporated in the film Cold Case Hammerskold, which you can rent at places where you can rent streaming movies and such. So I'd really recommend that if people are interested in this, they check it out. It's a really, it's a cool film. It's It, it has like a sort of comic quality to it. It's a weird movie. It's like serious and then kind of surreal and jokey almost at times because of the, the quest that the guy is on. It's just, it, it's it, it's a sort of, you could you can take it different ways. I see it as sort of a meditation on the limits of like our ability to make sense out of uh, parapolitical, you know, realities that you know it's just it ends up being sort of futile, but it's fascinating. Uh, so I'd recommend people check these out. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's not as severe, but you know what this reminds me of is an incident more recently where, in the lead up to the Iraq War. The organizations, Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, the OPCW, was very skeptical of the U.S. government's narrative, the CIA's narrative that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. So John Bolton, who was in, at the time U.N. ambassador in the Bush administration, threatened basically to kill the family members of the, the secretary general at the time, the leader B of Bistano the OPCW. or something, right? Yeah, um, who was Brazilian. And, and he, he threatened him and said, we know where your children go to school and we know where you live and all this stuff. So, I mean, that kind of gangster behavior, I mean, they didn't, they didn't directly kill him, but they could have, and they were willing to. Well, Kissinger did that to Aldo Moro. That's what Kiss, that's what Aldo Moro's widow said that Kissinger told him, like, if you proceed with this compromise with the communists, then uh, you're going to end up dead. We're going to have some of these fringe elements uh, kill you it's, and it'll be sad. And Aldemoro proceeded, and Aldemoro ended up killed by fringe elements, red guards, who are probably sock puppets of, uh, you know, intelligence agencies, Gladio puppets in a way. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. 
There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire. 